0: Welcome to Off The Deck. This is game number 38. On the tee, Ben Swanton. On the tee,
1: Ryan Keeney.
0: Welcome to episode 38 of off the deck golf podcast with me ryan keeney and my co-host ben swanton hi ben hey ryan hey buddy
1: how are you yeah good yeah very good yeah. thank you you know we 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 rode the roller coaster uh this weekend didn't we have big lee westward that was a wonderful thing to um to get on board that's you know you and i came together of a mutual love and appreciation and fanboying of lee westward so uh yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling i don't know giddy giddy with excitement yeah, I-
0: I feel like anybody listens back to episode one. We were we were talking about Lee Westwood in a bit of a past tense. I think when it came to yeah. truly elite golf, and this was off the back of the the Abu Dhabi win as well in uh, to kind of start that year. And I, I think I thought that was that was probably as good as it gets. But we're now, you know, I'm sitting here on a, a Monday after the players. He's had back to back 54 hole leads on the PGA Tour. Just wondering if, like Bryson Westwood, final pairing at Augusta on Sunday, is a it's a real possibility.
1: Well, with you know Westie's track record at Augusta, mm. um, if he can maintain this form up and keep a little bit of something in his legs, as he kept saying, he kept banging on about his legs at the end of the <laughs> play yesterday. Yeah, as long as he keeps a bit of. Uh, bit of energy in there and it'll be helped by the fact there's no par three competition that's been announced isn't it today so um yeah i think yeah why not i think bryson will be i think bryson will be the intriguing one won't he this time second time around at uh, at the masters but yeah we're We're
0: good we're gonna dare to dream for now yeah um, and just see how he gets on um yeah we've got a got a busy week um with four weeks three weeks to go until the masters and we're going to recap the players recap the Qatar masters um which saw the European Tour kick off, and then look ahead to ten days or twelve days in Kenya for the European Tour with the Magical Kenya Open, and then the Kenya Savannah Classic, following Hot on the Hills at the uh, Karen Country Club in Nairobi. Um, starting with with the players and Mister Westwood because we've we've already talked about him a little bit much. Just like I think the the key thing I took away from the first two, even the first three days, is that he just was having a nice time. Like he Westwood is in a comfortable place in his, his golf game playing playing the kind of carefree golf that I think we all would like to that he's just enjoying himself knows what he can do what he can't do and, and having a bit of fun really out there which is nice
1: Yeah, I think I think you've, you're spot on he seems to you know obviously I think good form always helps doesn't it but um it's just the, the ball striking he's put on over the last couple of weeks uh, I suppose f- final round aside uh, off the tee yesterday um They've just been superb, and I think he just he just looked extremely content, you know, joking around. He was doing a double fist pump, taking the mickey out of Bryson on the the sixth hole at Armour Palmer last week. Yeah, um, and again, just been very chatty. I think uh, he had a good pairing, didn't he, with uh, with Ustays and his fellow UPS buddy um, and, and Bobby Mack first couple of days, and then Matt Fitzpatrick on Saturday again. That was that was sort of a perfect pairing for, for the two of them, really. To be honest, to have a nice sort of relaxing. Sort of Sunday afternoon sort of stroll really on, a, on last pair on on uh, Saturday and then again he paired up with Bryson who seems to be getting on with it all right as well so he just seems really content and just kind of well do you know what um, whatever I get out of anything is fine uh, yeah. at the minute and uh, he got he got a lot out of the last two weeks
0: yeah Fitzpatrick um, tightened up a little bit I think on, on Saturday wouldn't because Fitz has got Billy Foster on the bag who yeah. was Lee Westwood's all caddy before he decided to do his own things and and yeah I don't think Fitzpatrick necessarily played the you know, the round that he would have done but Well he and even and Westwood took a little while to get going I think he was over par three 9 and then kind of made a bit of a move to to have that lead
1: Yeah uh, for, for me I, so, I I watched I mean this is probably the most golf that I've watched in in quite a long time um and I don't I don't really know why, why I was watching so much but I just was um, it just so happened that way, and and he on Friday Fitzpatrick made so many um, shots around and on the green. I think he gained over four straight uh, four strokes on the green. He was just putting from everywhere, so he just kept getting himself in impossible situations and getting up and down, and and then holding the odd birdie here and there. So um, he, he was going to unravel at some stage, um, yeah. and I think even on Saturday, yeah, look, he nearly gained three strokes putting. Uh, and yesterday sort of fell apart he lost two and a half strokes putting which you know you're gonna you're gonna have those days over a four-round tournament so yeah he he felt like he didn't quite have his game but he was grinding it out well uh, as he as he's kind of done uh you know he's obviously playing well enough but um yeah they didn't sort of spur each other on but they also they didn't implode either either of them Mm. um which you know sometimes obviously can happen on a on a Saturday, all of a sudden, moving day, you, you just move backwards as opposed to moving forwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Lee Westwood has, uh, as I mentioned, been 54-hole leader for two weeks in a row, Arnold Palmer Invitational, and then the players. Um, has helped himself to $2.6 million in the last couple of weeks um, and actually takes his career money earnings just on the PGA Tour to $22.9 million. Right, no. um, which is is not too shabby. Um, he said in the he said in the post round interview that he was you know he he wasn't going to be too hard on himself for finishing second. That's that's pretty good, and that his legs were feeling it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then admitted he's off to Augusta today and uh, beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday, um, playing with his son who is also going to Cali for him, and I think he's planning to play the next couple of weeks. He's got the Honda. This weekend, WGC Match Play, which is you know, free money and free points, and then probably a week off before um, we we get to the Masters. Yeah, what what a few weeks
1: that guy has, has set himself up for. Yeah, I mean it's um it it is a lot of golf for him, but I, as we just touched on earlier on, I mean, it, yeah, he's probably knackered. Uh, could probably do without playing goals for a couple of days, but he gets to play with his son. And he's going around Augusta National for a couple of days. Thirty-six holes around Augusta National I mean, sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, look, I, I think he'll, I think he'll do well. And if he can maintain some form, I think Honda will set up really nicely for him as well. Um, you know, it's a, it's a ball strikers course. And again, I know he was a bit, a bit wayward We're off the tee um, yesterday. But if he can maintain his iron play as he, as he was, he's, he's going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I I just want to know, like, how seriously his son is taking like that run, playing around Augusta. Is he heading out there with a notepad and like trying to help plot things and think about things, or is he just worrying about his own ball? Just, and, yeah. and Leaving his dad to kind of play golf as well and have a bit of
1: fun. Well, I think it's he's probably I think for Lee, it doesn't matter, does it? You know, with Helen, uh, his his girlfriend, who's on the bag for him at the minute, he's doing everything. And he he said that two or three times in in interviews and stuff, wasn't he? That he's actually enjoyed taking ownership and responsibility of, of the yardages of the clubs he chooses and you know, the strategy he takes off the tee and everything else. So uh, he knows Augusta well enough. He's played there what twenty five yeah. times yeah. in tournaments and and everything else. So you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna know what he's doing. I, I I think it's probably more a case of just hanging out with your boy and having a great time and. What wonderful place to go and do it at! So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure his his son will be taking it seriously, but yeah, I I think, I think Lee 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 can look after himself these days. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah,
0: Um, of course, Westwood didn't win. Didn't he? Um, That no, that was taken (laughs) by uh, Justin Thomas, who eight eight and and a half minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, Justin Thomas was level par after 33 holes, and then um, shot 14 under for the next 39 to charge through the field. Um, to claim his 14th PGA title, I think uh, the only players in PGA Tour history to have won a major, the Players Championship, and at least 10 PGA titles is is Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods, which is pretty esteemed company. And it's his fifth full field event, I believe, that he's won. Um, all the rest have, have been in our in our favoured limited uh, or limited fields or no cuts or or invitations.
1: So, um, you know, Justin Thomas's
0: he's kind of he had a pretty good weekend
1: yeah look um he he had an exceptional weekend he did well to make the cup um uh looking like he was really struggling for the first couple of days and yeah he was extremely good um you know he went full circle from being a whiny little baby on on thursday whinging (laughs) about you know how hard some of the greens were and isn't golf hard um to uh to turning it around and just playing some flawless golf and he was flawless he had 17 out of 18 greens the only green he missed on on Sunday was the 18th itself and he missed that by about an inch or so so uh, he played very well um, missed I think he he looked like he was going to run away with it um, at the beginning of the back nine uh, he birdied a couple of holes and uh, Westwood and Bryson were Punching each other in the face, or well, they're punching themselves in the face, but seem to be punching each other uh, at the same time in terms of um, making each other play badly um, by osmosis. Uh, he was very good, but then he he missed a real short tiddly putt uh, for a bogey, which just let them back in. But um, you know, Westwood, North Bryson could really capitalise, and uh, you know, fair play to him. I'm, uh, I think I've been sort of relatively vocal about. My thoughts on him—he's not somebody I warm to at all. Uh, I respect his game; he's clearly an exceptional player. I just don't like the human being. Just, doesn't seem to—it just rubs me up for the wrong way for whatever reason. Um, but you know, you can't just deny—he's an extremely talented golfer um, and did well. And he got a bit of luck as well with that roping hook on eighteen. Did you see that yeah, yeah. As the soon as he final, hit that, I was—I was, I was yeah. sure that I was in the water, and I was getting all excited, thinking, oh, "Okay, well, maybe if one of yeah, these boys."
0: On the one hand, the top tracer was pretty fun. On the other, um, yeah, I would have liked him to have dunked it to give Lee a chance. Yeah. It's kind of it's interesting because the, the tour and some of the the post post round post match post round interviews, which seem to be falling over themselves, kind of let oh. him or get him to talk about how he's you know regrouped or, or found himself over the last few weeks. I think and, and yeah, he shut that down really really well. That you know playing playing golf badly or playing golf well isn't the isn't the kind of crux of, of the the slur that he used and, and why he lost his, his Ralph Lauren deal, um, an endorsement, and he's still got some kind of work there to do that. And it, it almost felt a bit uh, trite of them, I think, in places to try and go with that as the line of questioning, and, and that irked me. But I yeah, th- his yeah, I, know, I mean, his the, golf was...
1: The broadcasters after the event were ridiculous. They were just trying to make him cry about his granddad as well. and mm. it, It's just... It's so contrived and 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 again, I mean, maybe maybe this is why he rubs me up the wrong way as well a little bit. I think sometimes he sort of says things without really thinking things through, um, and he only ever sees them through the prism of himself. Um, yeah. and, and I find that irritating. And then he tries to make it relatable to other people um but he he just doesn't do that because he doesn't understand um, You know he's not he's not an amateur golfer and he's extremely wealthy and privileged human being um to, uh, through his own talent um yeah but I, look i mean the broadcast doesn't do any favors uh to anybody and uh, yeah they were they were a little bit cringy, cringeworthy oh, yeah. though, so. um
0: justin's approach to 11 and 16 were pretty cool like and yeah the shots the shots were good but taking on um I think were all four so the 11 and 16 are the par fives on the back nine and, and all four approach shots were over 200 yards or just over and he knocked them pretty close i think there was one that was kind of tap-in range um and there was a, a couple inside 15 feet and then one outside 20 feet and he so he made i think he was six under on those four holes across saturday sunday yeah and he made two eagles and two birdies so
1: yeah his shot into eleven was was extremely impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: How much fun is it watching Bryson top the ball? <laughs>
1: well, the sequence of event the sequence of the broadcasting was hilarious because you, you do just before we went to Bryson and and Leon four, they went to seventeen because Brendan Todd was on there. Brendan Todd, bless him, had a period of hitting the shanks non-stop and he shanked he shanked on seventeen. Uh, in the final round so badly it nearly hit the, the, the little island um, that uh, just has a tree on it uh, in the middle. of oh, yeah. Yeah. So he he, sh- he shanked, Todd shanked his ball. We went immediately from there to the fourth tee where we then see proceed to see Brighton top his shot into the water. Uh, the top trace on that was hilarious. And then 30 seconds later, Big Lee steps up and, and he's fidgeting over this three-wood and then he hits the mass of his cut slice you've ever seen also into the hazard um and then uh you know we go to a break we come back and bryson's taken a drop on one of the the forward tees and then Mm it looks like he i mean it looks like he shanks he shanks his fore It apparently he said he after the event uh, after the round he said he cracked his fore on that shot Mm. but it was it was 60 70 yards right um and he somehow managed to scramble for an unbelievable double bogey his, his chip through the rubbish through the pine uh, pine straw and everything uh, there to uh, to get up and down was something else so yeah they um bless them i think bryson and westwood for about three holes were all over the shop and it was to just they managed to somehow keep the rounds going uh, uh, you know, forward a little bit, well, not even forward, but just not going too far back to uh, to get back in it towards the end and make it an exciting finish.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah indeed. Um, behind them, we had a pretty good week for some of the Europeans. Um, you know, Shane Lowry, sort of back in form, are we allowed to call it back in form? Um, with a top ten finish in eighth place all by himself. Paul Casey, just ahead of him, um, at eleven under in a tie for fifth. Uh Sergio and John Rahm as well. Um in, officially inside the top ten. Um, tied ninth but with five or six others.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean you've got you know, half a dozen half a dozen Europeans actually no seven. Seven European rider cuppers all finishing in the top ten of the players, which is, you know, as the PGA says it's the fifth major. It's the <laughs> the Mar is the marquee event on the PGA tour. Everybody's there and we've got, you know, seven seven in the uh i say top nine is probably about top top 16 in the end of so he tied for ninth but um, it's good showing some some positive stuff there it's good to see Shane playing well although I don't think he's near the Ryder Cup team just yet um, but he's somebody who could be who could be interesting uh, for sure you know given that he won in Royal Port Rush. Whistling Straits is by the water there's going to be some wind involved that time of year um, you know if he's, if he's on some sort of form he's a great great player to play around but uh, you know for me again another real positive is victor perez is just keeping himself in the mix isn't he mm. consistently playing pretty well okay he's not he's not winning week in week out but he's he's always there so it's good signs i mean good signs i think if we, you know this time last year we were sitting there going please don't have the Ryder cup in 2020 because <laughs> i don't fancy any of our team but uh you know half a dozen 12 months later actually you don't feel don't feel so bad about where things are yeah at, if know. you
0: yeah, I think, I think the thing we wanted about uh, ten, nine, ten months ago is selection headaches and, and players playing too well or too many players for the, the 12 spots, so sort of getting there. Um, although Rory McIlroy didn't have the best of Thursday Fridays um, and looked... Well, first of all, looked... Uh, i trying to describe this, but the, the TikTok slash Twitter video that Ian Poulter posted of uh, him, Terrell Hatton and Rory McIlroy apparently Henrik Stenson (laughs) had just left but sitting around the table they looked like, uh, I have looked many times after a round of golf where you just kind of sit there, Uh, rub your hand through your hair and just think, (laughs) I'm not entirely sure how that happened so it felt very relatable but yeah, yeah, just yeah, is Rory broken or just kind of figuring stuff out or it just just one of those things for the last few weeks.
1: I think I, I think we sort of touched on it. There's he he clearly he as he sort of admitted to, and you know, it's the thing we like about him. It's the thing people don't like about him. But he was just so honest and refreshing. He could have he could have sort of batted the question off, but he sat there quietly and then went, "Yeah, look, I I chase him speed, and it's it's messed messed around with my swing. Um, and so he's got the two way miss going on. And you know, as as somebody who's prone. Uh, and has been prone historically uh, to a two-way miss. That's debilitating. So um, uh, you know you just don't know where the where the golf ball is going. It's just very difficult to try and build confidence from that and, and take it forward. So you can then forget about you know getting the wedges and you know, get making putts, etc. Just put so much pressure on the rest of your game, and then it becomes a mental thing. Um, so you know, he just probably an early bath uh, and not playing this week. Um, you know, take ten days off. Try and just decamp, spend some time with the family. Just keep working on getting back to the swing he had. It's it's a little bit disconcerting that he felt he had to chase speed because although Bryson was obviously doing crazy things, it's not like Rory's short. He's still one of the top five, um, you know, oh. distance on the tour and and everything else. So it's just it, it seemed a bit silly.
0: If Rory McElroy, who is the best driver of a golf ball on the planet, is It gets dragged in by more distance and you know and that promise and that extra 15-20 yards i've no idea what hope i have when every time i watch golf there are there's three adverts about the longest straightest drivers in the history of a club manufacturer or speeds training sticks or just or the youtube videos about gaining gaining 15 yards with this one trick like all of that stuff that that ends up clouding an amateur's minds when we get to the, the first tee yeah um and just have about six different things that we want to try it, yeah if it's getting to roy mcelroy which and some of that will be eagle but if it's getting to him then it's it's perfectly reasonable it will get to me and i just don't instead of spending my time uh practicing and getting my my swing a bit more consistent
1: yeah yeah Laura, i i, I hope it's a blip you yeah, know as we were chatting around before uh, we we recorded today. He's he's still not having that bad a year. Um, at the end of the day, he's still he's still learning. World ranking points. Yeah, it's not where he wants to, he wants to be. But I think he's sort of in the top thirty in terms of ranking points gained this year. Yeah, everyone's sort,
0: you know. Yeah, and the difficult thing was twenty nineteen. He he played really well, well. He won the players, and he but he seemed to play really well in the kind of regular season stops and and I think he won three times that year and gained consistently gained really quite gained a lot of strokes on the field and and played pretty well but when it came to the majors just wasn't at it and I'm not necessarily saying that this is going to guarantee to be the reverse but I think you and I or or certainly I as a a McElroy truth I will happily take a Roy McElroy that Sorry,
1: underdog status. Yeah, I
0: will. I will happily take Roy McIlroy yeah. that is being underestimated and not quite there. If actually he thinks, if he gets out of his head for a week at Augusta, or at least for three days, um, and if we get yeah, I mean, I'll take a McIlroy Westwood final pairing. Um, if I'm not being too greedy, that's that's where I'm at now for Augusta. I'll take Bryson in there as well for the giggles.
1: Yeah. Well, if we had imagine that if we had Rory Rory Westy final pairing. It's going to I be down I'd, between those two. I mean, I, what would we do? I, I, I mean, I think oh.
0: I'd compost. I think I'd spontaneously compost from this year. <laughs> um, let's put it put it mildly.
1: Yeah, fair um,
0: enough. We. I'm just thinking of what else we want to round up with the the players relatively quickly. We've got Will Zalatoris who just finished outside the top twenty. Yeah, just so kind impressive. of unlucky. Um, He's so ben, impressive. He's ridiculous. Yeah, Benham. And uh, making his own eleven on seventeen and, and taking it in pretty good spirits, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he took the Mickey out of himself, didn't he, on Twitter. I think um you know, PJ tour comms put out a uh, a tweet saying, you know, tag a mate who make eleven on seventeenth oh, yeah. on Sawgrass and he tagged himself in it. So um mm. yeah, he did That's well perfect. and he came back the next day and, and played the whole well, so Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, and Victor Hovland's mum. Top in a minute. Oh, no. oh I know.
1: Oh well i'm still a bit bitter about that and uh, a couple of my draft kings and other gambling things where i was relying on hovland uh this week and his mum dobbing him in which cost him a two-shot penalty which he missed the cut by two shots so um yeah i got it got it for him but um yeah, fair play i mean i like that about him you know at least he held his hands up and went but we need to look into that so it's a shame because it brought he'd been he's been playing so well um and I think the way that the course shaped up over Saturday Sunday probably would have suited him quite well. It was such tough conditions uh, yeah. on uh, on Thursday. Uh, it meant that people just had to have a good short game. And what's Victor's worst part of his game is the short game. Mm. So, and it was uh, it was just interesting, I suppose. The two two final things, I, I would say about the week were just how many of the top top players didn't make the cut. You know, I think you had Xander Tyrrell, Cantlay, Simpson, Rory. Hovland, Finau, Fleetwood, and Hideki in the top twenty-five all missing the cut, uh, which is sort of quite surprising, especially given some of the track record that some of those guys have had there before. And with Rory and Webb winning there before, uh, Cantlay, Zander, Finau, uh, Fleetwood, and Hideki all having top fives too, so uh, interesting. Um, and then the final bit was um, the viral sensation of Jordan speed nearly hitting. No. his drive uh, nearly hitting Rory Sabatini and the uh, it, it went viral for about 12 hours on the internet and then the PGA Tour wiped it from existence um, but basically Jordan Speed drives off not seeing that Rory uh, Rory Sabatini is out, out to the right nearly hits, hits a tree right by Rory Sabatini uh, who then comes back and gives him a death stare and then him him and morikawa spieth and morikawa and the caddies were talking going well let's hope he hits a good second shot which he then proceeds to hit a terrible second shot and then gives it the, keeps giving the death stare back to the uh the four the foursome behind them so uh yeah very funny i would have loved to have been in the uh dressing room after that and hear, hearing what rory had to say to jordan about that yeah that was it's
0: it's a shame that that was has been removed from the internet and has kind of been scrubbed because that was very real and interesting moment and yeah yeah, all right it doesn't necessarily reflect greatly on on Rory Sabatini but you know everybody's not supposed to get along we're not supposed to look at the PGA Tour and assume there's going to be 154 guys out there who all like spending time with each other or don't have things to say about each other yeah it's um it's a shame that
1: yeah well that's what they do isn't it I mean I remember I put up a video of Bryson and his dodgy drop last year and I got a
0: a warning from Twitter
1: about copyright infringement and all sorts. Ah, um,
0: uh, right. They went for the copyright infringement. Yeah. yeah, clever. Um, in Qatar it was the Commercial Bank Masters, um, the restart of the European Tour proper and into a, a fun few weeks of events. I think for that, the next tier of, of golfer. Um, it was won on on Sunday by Anton Rosner, winning for the second time in four months, five months. Um, with a. Yeah. a, a really impressive sixty foot birdie sixty foot birdie butt on the seventy second hole um there were i think he was about set to post the score or post the clubhouse score at seven under and um, but but trained that and looked a little bit surprised to do so i think in fairness to him um and yeah yeah went one at at eight under which was i think relatively low scoring given that the uh opening day leader i think shot seven under um, so David Law was leading after round one and seven under, and it was just a miserable. Con- well, not miserable, but windy conditions. Yeah, quite tough for the the players. Um, but yeah, Rosner won again. Who is somebody that we we talked about a little bit on the podcast, and somebody with that kind of keen to to start doing well and, and establishing himself.
1: Yeah, he's done well, hasn't he? You qualified up through through the tours, and has um, yeah quickly become the fastest ever Frenchman. To two wins they? with uh, 29 starts so yeah. uh he's he's sort of come from not uh, nowhere but uh, you know there's a, there's a couple of frenchmen you would have thought might have you know roman longaski is somebody we thought was going to make that next step but he seems he's got the winning bug isn't he he's, he's playing mm. extremely well over the last uh six months um and okay golf in dubai championship wasn't the biggest tournament it was uh you know it was one sort of the week before um you know the world tour championship uh dp world tour uh finale um and again qatar's not one of the biggest ones but still you know this is where these guys make their name before moving uh moving yeah. on up so you yeah, know fair play to him and he he hold an absolute bomb his sort 60 of foot yeah. putt on the 72nd hole was never ever missing um and and did well because i think that would have been a really interesting uh interesting playoff uh with um yeah, Bula from India and Fickart from South Africa, and Guido Migliozzi, who uh, who stormed through the field on on Sunday. Uh, yeah. But yeah, cra- crazy, crazy conditions. Some of the wind on on the Friday and Saturday was just—I mean, I dread to think what you and I would have done. Um, I would have just had the potter out, I think, just smash it on the floor. Yeah, um,
0: there was yeah, there were four players that broke par on Saturday. Yeah, three of which finished in the top four. So Bular, Fickart, and and Rosner. Um, we're, we're three of the four, and yeah, and even then there weren't too many more broke par on s- Friday, and with all of the field out there, I think yep. it was maybe about twenty-five looking down through the numbers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, pretty rough. Um, what happens with wind, and and what kind of makes some of these um, interesting in a test? But yeah, I'd have been, uh, I'd have been figuring out how to hit chippy four irons, I think, from a hundred yards to just skid it in there.
1: Well, I think the most impressive thing I saw um, over the weekend—I di- I didn't see much of this live at all—but um, I-, I saw some of the sort of highlights. There was somebody who had an 87-foot putt on uh, in the windiest conditions on Saturday and managed uh-huh. to two, put- a 2 putt it. Wow! Uh-huh. Um, and his his putt coming back—I mean, he he probably had uh, he probably had sort of I don't know four feet, maybe something along those lines. It's not even that oh, okay. far. I, yeah, I, I mean, he he must have hit it like it was forty-four feet because uh, he was hitting it back into the wind. It absolutely smashed it. Um, but uh, yeah, fair play. Some some extremely difficult conditions and yeah, some extremely good golf over there. And I think I can't remember who we picked. I think I picked Kirk Kitayama. I was really quite bullish about it till Saturday, but I think yeah, you did right top ten yeah. Who did yeah, you go with at uh, the end last week? I forget
0: now. I think it was Rosner, wasn't it? That's. Uh, was it Rosner? No, oh. it wasn't. No, I wish it was uh, Matej Schwab who, of course, had the cut on the number. I think, or no, was, was comfortably inside it, but just yeah, seventy-five, seventy-seven. Didn't doesn't like the wind, is what I am getting from that. Won't, yeah. won't do it again. Exactly. Yeah, he um he opened his back on Sunday, bogey, bogey, double, par, bogey. Um, to kind of fall away so yeah yeah just not his weekend yeah. but that's fine no no weekend of that um, yeah he's still he's still 109th in the world golf rankings and yeah I'm sure he I'm sure he won't mind that much no. Um it's this fine. week on the European Tour is the Magical Kenyan Open um, it's a Magical Kenyan Open this was the first tournament to kind of feel the pandemic Sarath, I think this time last year, um, after Qatar, it was called off, and we're trying to get everybody there, and um, slightly, yeah, slightly unpredictable logistics. Um, so Guido Miglioli, why do I always Migli- struggle with his Miglioti? Miglioti, okay. yeah, Thank no G. You. I always Migli-O-C-Y. struggle with his pronunciation. There is a G. Yeah,
1: but, but you don't yeah. pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is
0: yeah, yeah. Um, still a defending champion. Um, around the Karen Country Club in Nairobi, um, and yeah, he's. I think it's it's been a stop on the European Tour for quite a while, um, back through since the '60s, and had has had some prestigious winners. But certainly in the last few years, the bigger European names, as we we just talked about, are off at the Players and the Arnold Palmer and Honda and the Match Play, um, which leaves it, which leaves opportunities for other players to establish themselves, get playing rights get their exemptions um and we thought it would be a good chance to uh to kind of talk through some of them uh perhaps give you a little bit of a crew breakdown you know they might they might do well this weekend they might not it might be a bit early in the season for them and um, but just some players to look out for so that we can um yeah we can say we told you so if they yeah. if one of them wins and i think the first one i was kind of Keen to get you to talk about is Adrian Moronk, who somebody you've alluded to and, and you know uh, his coach, and I've had swing tips from the same guy. Um, and yeah, first Polish player to win a European Tour card. And yeah, this is his first real crack at the European Tour.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, he, so Adrian, for context, I, I I know his his swing coach, uh, I also know his, his mindset coach. Um, so just a couple, a couple of guys that that I, I know personally so i've been keeping an eye on him for sort of 3 3 or so years um, so he's sort of 26 years old first polish player to get uh, you know get a european tour card and he won that um, through his form on the uh, challenge tour back in 2019 where he had 10 top 10 finishes uh, including his his first and only win on either the challenge tour or the uh, or the european tour at the open to portugal back in 2019 um and he's kind of, he's very well known in Poland now. He's nicknamed the godfather of Polish golf. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's, look, he's a tall guy. Uh, he's known as a ball striker, um, as people might have remembered from his European tour ventures. So obviously last year should have been his full year, full first year on yeah. the European tour. Um, and obviously so it's a bit of a strange time for him. On the one side, he's basically got two years of European tour. Uh, two, two years to get his European Tour card at the same time he's not getting the same events as he would do normally because there's twice as many players to cater for effectively yeah. um, but he did okay last year um, uh, on the European Tour he ended up finishing uh, was 84th on the race to Dubai um, so sort of comfortably would have retained his card in a normal year um, and then this year last week was his first uh, proper event um, you know, obviously, the European Tour starts off with some big events. You know, the Abu Dhabi and Dubai there's a classic Saudi International, where all the cream of the crop get in there. And, and just because of his um, status, he just wasn't wasn't able to get on there. So, Qatar was the first time for him to be able to get out, and, and just challenging conditions for him because he's got such a high ball flight. Um, you know, he's a proper ball striker. Uh, that's what he's known for. Good course management. His issues, candidly, are kind of around the green and on the green. Um, and it's not that he's a bad putter, but he he puts a lot of pressure on himself, probably because his short game's not as good as it should be. Um, So, look, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, driving to give him some context, I think he finished 21st last year, um, Mm -hmm. averaging just under 315 yards off the tee. Accuracy is not always a strong point for him, so he's just under 50% accuracy in terms of um, fairways hit. Uh, Approach plays literally bang on, Uh, Average, Uh, so it's sort of 66.5% of greens in regulation, Uh, 0.2% lower than uh, the rest of the or the average of the whole field. And in terms of putting, he's actually putting per greens in regulation. He he ranked 61st on the European Tour last year. Um, And stroke average for the year uh, 70.86 versus 71.04. So, yeah, but above average uh, on the European Tour. Mm-hmm. across pretty much most of his game and i think there's still things to him improve on i know in kind of talking to his his coach and, and his mindset coach in particular the, the biggest thing for him is the mental hurdles really it's sort of getting used to i think last year was such a strange year for so many of the players and i think even the international ones probably found it harder because at least like some of the brits we had the english swing yeah. uh, but obviously for the europeans they're coming alone coming alone completely isolated nothing to do with their rooms um, so I think kind of the mental grind was quite challenging for some of those guys last year. Yeah. Um, but I think his best golf's ahead of him. He It took him three years to qualify via the Challenge Tour. He was really unlucky in one of those years not to get into the top 15. Um, but he he's one of those. I think he will slowly build. Um, I think he'll need a couple of years on the European Tour to really uh, make make a name for himself. But look, he's, he's had a second finish already at the Alfred Dunhill Championship where... Uh, where he had a bad final round in Christian Bazouden who I think that was the first week where he won two back-to-back in, in South Africa so um, you know he finished four back of Christian uh, then uh, having shot four over final round so there's there's clearly potential there I'm excited about what his future looks like and um, yeah he's he's got a lot of talent a lot of mm. talent just uh, it's just about stringing it all together
0: yeah, I think he was supposed to play in Saudi,
1: um, but tested positive it, for COVID right. when he touched down. That's so right.
0: Has been a bit unlucky. Yeah. Um, moving on from Adrian, another player that has made the name in the challenge tour is is Andre Lisner, Les- um, and has kind of I think he's both played pretty well in 2019 and 2020, and kind of has has got status in sort of both regards. I think um, so. He's one of One of five players that he finished in the top five last year on the challenge tour um appearing out of nowhere to win twice i think in the last few weeks yeah um and is now they've got a special exemption into the two events in kenya over the next couple of weeks as well as four or five others through the season um but yeah he another kind of another character i think in from european golf but also not from a a golfing stronghold that uh, coming from the Czech republic
1: yeah yeah, Andre Lees is interesting. Um, yeah, He's quite a highly talented uh, amateur growing up, turned pro in 2011 and, and then basically evaporated completely um, until he came back on the scene in 2019 on the Pro Golf Tour. Um, yeah, his form on the Pro Golf Tour meant he got into the Challenge Tour last year. Uh, he only made five starts on the Challenge Tour and that was obviously a very abbreviated um, season there. But. Uh, had a very strong finish. Um, I think he finished tied 13th on at the Uram Open, uh, which was kind of the joint, uh, one of the two events in Austria, which was the joint European Challenge Tour. Then he finished T4th at the Italian Challenge Open before winning his final two events on the Challenge Tour, which was the Andalusia Challenge to Espana and then the Challenge Tour Grand Final um, to, uh, to end up winning. So somebody who's clearly talented, um, uh, got very very hot towards the end of last year. He's now getting into the European Tour at the age of 29. Um, he was a bit of a character. He, I, I sort of, he, he wears glasses. He's got sort of a very scraggly beard. Um, uh, he had a massive push cart. I remember watching watching some of the highlights on Sky with his like massive old school. You know the push carts with the big old wheels, the two wheelers. Yeah, just pushing that around left, right, and center. Um, but. It's, seems to be a really interesting character and yeah it's it's always nice when guys come from completely sort of fresh i I, I can't think of another czech golfer i was trying to think about it earlier i can't think of anybody from czech republic so yeah fair play to him you know being um leading the way and yeah, hopefully he can he can uh break through and yeah he's like um he obviously falls in the same bucket as richard mansell you know he's obviously going to be um, split, spending in time, splitting his time between the challenging European tour is going to try and obviously make as much hay as he can on the European tour starts he gets, but I think he's probably going to have to also concentrate a fair bit on the challenge tour.
0: Mm. Just I, suppose- think, I think the Czech Republic do try to claim Jessica Corder. Um, oh, Jessica and Nelly, do they? Yeah, I think at times um, they do, but yeah, just because their dad was. Yeah, are he both was... the parents? Yeah, both the parents are from the Czech Republic, Czech yeah. Slovakia. But well, they're that's, yeah. that's tenuous. Yeah. It's tenuous. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted to um I wanted to talk about Richard Mansell, um, who we have had on off the deck before, um, as a guest, which was nice and, and that plays a part of I think the reasoning because he we really enjoyed talking to him and, and him um giving us his, his time. Um had three had three starts in the European Tour last year, um and nearly won one of them finished second at the euro bank open which was a, a joined a challenge to and european tour event and and that helped him secure his his status for this event he's he's alongside lesnar as one of the, the exemptions um i don't i think it would be unfair of me to call him a streaky golfer but when you look back over the, the last couple of years he is either missing cuts or contending or, or certainly getting kind of top 10s and, and top 15s or he's missing cuts and it when the feeling I got when we spoke to him and, and some of this was was in the interview and some of it was just beforehand when we were kind of getting set up and, and working through some technical stuff <laughs> off the tee off the tee and kind of approaching the greens he's, he's pretty confident I think he stands over the ball he knows what he can do he knows he can get it out there I think he's, he's pretty comfortable at, at knocking the ball over 300 yards uphill um, but it's on the greens is where he gets in his own head sometimes, yeah. and like if he he feels like, um, admittedly, his caddy will probably have to work quite hard to do this. But if he starts well on on a Thursday afternoon and puts relatively well um, through those first nine holes, then I think that that feeds a lot of his confidence for the next couple of days and and the rest of the week. If he's not quite there, then I think he. I get the feeling he would, he would put a lot of pressure on himself to knock it really close, to give himself tap ins rather than just accepting the will days when he's got to just two putt from fifteen yards, two putt from twenty yards, take his pars and and move on and and keep moving. But um, yeah, certainly somebody that we're I'm rooting for this year and would like to see him kind of do well and I'd like to see him, I'd like I'd really like to see him win early so that, that kind of shows up hit the indecision that might be in his head because there will be. There will be points later in this year where there will be a European tour event where he might get in, there might be an alternate, and there will be a challenge tour event, and whether he travels to one or the other. Um, I'd like to see him kind of just secure a, a European tour card and, and have a proper proper go at it, because I feel like that splitting and that indecision that can come from trying to play two tours doesn't doesn't help anybody really, does it? It's kind of... No. It's, yeah,
1: It's uh, you're the, trying to
0: schedule yourself.
1: It, it's kind of like a poison chalice, isn't it, in a way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be so so difficult for them to juggle it, but uh, he seemed really level-headed about it, and I I got yeah. the impression he's going to make the right decision. Um, if the European Tour does come this year through good play, then great. But he's not going. To, it sounds like he's not going to force it. Um, yeah, I hope I, I so. like that, and I like that yeah. kind of that sort of mentality that he he, he seems to be having. Yeah, uh, I think
0: yeah, I think that was conversation. That was that was another part that we got through it. That if it doesn't if it doesn't quite work out for him, he. He's earned his cards to the Challenge Tour before and I think he'll be quite happy to do it again yeah and actually 2022 will probably shake out as a slightly better season to have your a full playing full playing rights in European tour because it will be less guys around and not yeah there'll be less dead weight kind of taking up some of the the spots in in the field that um some of these golfers need yeah. Uh, and I yeah because I wanted to yeah but the, my next golfer and the next one I wanted to mention was Maverick Ancliffe who is like a, a another version of Cameron Smith I think um he's a 27 year old australian from from just about an hour side of brisbane uh he i think he comes from the same town or went to the same school as Jason Day so for a while he was kind of compared to him but yeah they, they're, they're not particularly alike he's got some lovely he's got some lovely blonde locks um and for a while was sporting some some interesting facial hair um but yeah he's he's a golfer that I quite like and, and think will do well in the european tour this year um he so when he was finishing school in australia his parents were keen for him to go to university and, and figure that out but he just he signed up for the university in queensland um and just kind of picked a degree and then decide within a couple of weeks that wasn't quite right for him so quit and worked part-time and played as a pro and I think line he basically played that well for us for the Australian teams and, and then lined up a few college scholarships for himself so eventually went to Augusta State um, okay. where Patrick Reed had, had played for a time um, and even and struggled there um, because he said when he was when he was an amateur in Australia he was able to just kind of work his part-time job and play golf and he didn't really care about his part-time job he could just focus on playing golf whereas when he was at college he had to kind of focus on school work and travel as part of a team and yeah I think and he he doesn't quite say this in any of his interviews but he also I mean I could be doing the guy a disservice just based on the way that he looks but he also looks like a pretty kind of chilled out guy that will enjoy a few drinks and things which is probably a bit mean so I imagine that got in the way. Um, so what eventually has made his or has eventually made his way to the european tour via the asian tour um winning quite a few times in china and yeah look looked pretty good last year third at the irish open in galgorm um lost strokes last week with his short game um around qatar and i think that is the the kind of struggle the, the scrambling and knocking it close from bunkers and from from long rough will be a challenge but um yeah he's he's off the tee game is pretty solid he was 65th on tour last year his approach play was was really good he was 17th of the kind of regular players so that's anybody I think that played over 30 or 40 rounds on the European tour Um, and he was third in in greens in regulation which you know will stand you in good stead if he has a a couple of hot weeks with the putter then I can um, I can see Maverick doing pretty well
1: yeah yeah and obviously he's got a pedigree of winning as well he knows how to win even yeah, yeah i talk. think
0: that that i think that sort of situation helps and and i, I actually want to mention that with um robin Ciot sigrist who is a frenchman that i quite like um so he's 27 so all of all of our players are under 30 which i think is interesting that i don't think that's you know we've, we've just spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast talking about 47 year old <laughs> players are players are getting older this year or older over the last few years that you know Dustin Johnson won the Masters at 36 and it's no no longer a thing where by the time you turn 35 you've got to tread water until you're the, the seat the seniors tour and everything I think it's good yeah maybe it's the quality of players but I think it's if players aren't getting the European tours and PGA tour cards until they're mid to late 20s that's not a bad thing um so yeah so Segrist is is 27 year old Frenchman Played in Louisiana um, and has a, a like a really what feels like a really long left-handed swing, um, which I find him quite interesting to watch when I do it. But I think it, he he's going to be interesting because I think he has it. He's going to have it up against him this year. He's not the longest off the tee, um, and though his greens and regulation are, are really good and, and, and above average, I think he's he's got to have one of those weeks where he's really on it um, to win something. Um, and he's not he's played 100 times across the challenge tour and the european tour so i think he's he's had 77 starts on the challenge tour and 23 starts on the european tour and I, some of those i think were joint events so i don't think he's quite up to 100 yet um but he's he's yet to win um at this kind of level which i think is a a bit of a worry um potentially i i don't know i i say this about some players being a bit of a worry and then i look at somebody like thomas de or matias schwab or and think well... In their win is coming even Eddie, Eddie Pepperell I think took about 100 events to win, Laurie Cantor I assume it's, it's on the way soon so he could just need one week to, to really break through
1: Yeah, just uh, he, I like. he played a lot with um, uh, with Adrian uh, Adrian Merong, so he, he and Adrian played a lot over the last four years together, uh-huh. yeah, they, they came up through onto the European Tour last year um, together through their performance in the 2019 Challenge Tour um, and again, I think that kind of the two of them were, were the, the guys in terms of um, yeah, you know, just the um, consistency on the challenge tour over the sort of the previous uh, few years before then. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he he has quite a strong background as, as, as Adrian, but certainly they're certainly in a very similar field. I think, look, you just looking here, he's he's won 242,000 euros uh, worth of money. I think Adrian's yeah Adrian's won two hundred and forty so um, but they're pretty they pretty much got neck and neck uh neck, and neck careers I think um, uh, at this point um, he's just proven himself a little bit more on the European tour um, than uh, than Adrian has at this stage Adrian's got that second but he's got uh, a couple of thirds already so he's 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 got potential for sure he's got potential for sure but I think I I, I I always worry about guys like him because I think there are a lot like him. There, there are a lot of other players like him who you know, hit the ball fine. He's average off the tee, yeah. etc. He does everything fine, um, yeah. so he's just going to have to be on on his game for everywhere. Whereas, as we touched on with Richard, Richard, Richard hits the ball a long way. Yeah, um, yeah. Adrian hits the ball a long way. Um, so you know, and that that's always going to be the case. So they just need one other thing to be going well. Um, in order to win, basically if the putter goes well they're gonna win whereas I think someone like Robin's gonna to have to have all part all facets of his game go really well in order for him to win. So it's just a he's probably got a lower uh he's got a higher floor but a lower ceiling. Yeah, yeah.
0: He'll 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 make more cuts,
1: I think. Agreed. Agreed.
0: I think. Or he'll have more kind of forty forties and thirties finishes. Yeah. Than the other two. But yeah, I I would back them to win sooner. It's it's a um, poor
1: it's a poor man's sort of Hovland versus Wolf conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's sort of the Hovland in
0: this in this piece. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, you wanted to talk about uh, Wilco Neighbor?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, he's a fascinating guy. I know he's, he's um, listeners might have heard of him beforehand. and might know of him, but Wilco, uh, you, you know, young South African from Bloemfontein. Um, he's twenty, I think he's twenty-one next month. Uh, young guy he's sort of burst on the scene over the last couple of years. Uh, and he's burst on the scene because he hits the ball miles. Um, last year in 2020, he averaged 340 yards off the tee, uh, naturally being first on the European Tour. He's currently second longest on the European Tour this year, mm. uh, only uh, hitting it a paltry 323 yards so far. Um, so uh, his challenge, however, is accuracy off the tee. He's currently 33%. 33% of his fairways uh, versus 50% this time last year, so accuracy is an issue. But he just hits the ball an absolute mile. Um, now I've kind of in sort of doing a bit of research into him and looking at certainly his stats. His stats this year are all trending lower um, versus sort of the average or versus the field than last year. But I have, mm. we have to take into consideration that his four starts this year have been. Abu Dhabi, Dubai as a classic, Saudi International, all three of them studded fields and he probably wouldn't have played in any field anywhere near that sort of strength last year given what happened. And then last week at the Qatar Masters. So um, oh, I'm not going to read too much into that, it's just not, not enough data to go by. Um, but he's uh, 30 starts now on the European Tour, uh, which is ridiculous given he's only 20, 19 cuts made. Um, best couple of finishes he finished second at the Joburg Open last year as well as fourth at the English Championship and sixth at the Estrella Dam Andalusian Masters so you know proving that he can play in different scenarios so um, Joburg is his length definitely played uh, a part there but the Andalusian Masters at, at Valderrama it's not about length it's about keeping it in the fairways uh, putting it in the right spot so he proved that the rest of his game uh, also stacks up. I think he's going to be extremely exciting to watch. Uh, another one of these South Africans if hits it a mile like Dean Burmeister um, who I think went to the same school as him as well. Uh, I read somewhere um, just another one of these big South African hitters um, that I would expect him to you know, learn a couple of years on the European Tour but I expect him to go on to bigger and better things potentially on the, uh, on the PGA Tour. Uh, in due course but um you know he's uh, he's going to learn and play his trade uh he's listened to the advice from uh he counselled louis who stays in and ernie els a lot about what what he should do should he turn pro or not stay as an amateur uh, a couple of years ago both of them said look turn pro he had the right head on his shoulders turn pro go and start playing internationally start learning uh, how to play golf professionally um and then and then take your career from there so um, Seems like a sort of smart young kid with all the talent in the world. Uh, already earned nearly 400 grand uh, on the European Tour. Um, so he's, he's off to a good start. Um, I'll be excited to see how he does. I don't know whether this week will set up too well necessarily for his skills because it's it's only a short course, the uh, the, mm. the current the country club at, at under 7,000 yards. But um, there are, it looks like looking at the... Uh, the scorecard some drivable par four so maybe uh maybe it will be who's who knows
0: yeah yeah that's kind of interesting i, I always find with wilco and i that when i see a video of him he's not he's not the size of the guy that i think he no, is no he's because, not he's quite yeah he's quite slender like, isn't he yeah i also you know when you hear about a long driving 20 year old i kind of expect him to be this hulking kind of muscle guy
1: or, or like a father
0: yeah, yeah, a farmer is a really good way to describe it, but he's not he's quite slender. It's it's a lovely big swing that he's got. Yeah. Um and you know th- there's athletics in a minute, but it looks relatively repeatable, I think. It's not, you know, I don't look at that and think he's going to be broken by the age of 24 or 25. I think he's he's in pretty decent shape, so yeah, yeah, I quite like that one. Um, my final kind of player to call out, and the final one we've got, is Callum Hill, who's a 26-year-old Scotsman. Um, he's from Kirkcaldy, which is about half an hour from Glen Eagles, I think, um, where he's attached to, which is a nice place to call your, your home club. Um, had, a, had a pretty good year last year. He was top 50 for approach play, um, 30th for stroke games potting on the European Tour, and just about average off the tee. That um, I think his, his strengths are obviously his irons, and, and he's got he's just got this really relaxed, steady swing that um, it's just a, a lovely little action that doesn't look too stressful on, the, on his body. Um, the interesting thing about him is uh, he was tied fourth at the Saudi International where he, he picked up Phil Morby as his caddy. Um, who was, so, Phil was, the, was Ian Woosnam's caddy at the 1991 Masters when he won that. Um, and had been recently on the bag of Theoborn Olsen. so he's got himself uh, a caddy who will be able to kind of help plot him around in places and, and be a pretty, pretty decent kind of uh, listening board and sounding board for for any questions and, and things that come up over the, the next few th- uh, next few seasons. Um, he played pretty well last season. Um, he's currently inside the top thirty in the race to Dubai after um a decent start and uh had a couple of top tens on the uk swing last year as well which is is good for him so yeah there's our there's our seven our magnificent magnificent seven for 2021 uh callum hill maverick Antcliffe, uh robin seagrist richard mansell uh andre lesnar uh wilco knee neighbor and adrian moronk um, let's see which one of them wins first shall we yeah
1: be good yeah it's always good to kind of chart these these young players coming through I mean obviously we've got the uh, the classics that that, that will play week in week out or, yeah. uh, or most of the season but it's always good to keep an eye on those that yeah. didn't I've got a good chance of breaking
0: through and I think that the field this week in Kenya is it's a challenge the, the top ranked player in the OWGR is, is Aaron Rye I think at 77 and um, there, there's some interesting characters in there I think like Tong Lee is set to play and Lucas Beauregard who Know, two years ago, I think was was busy knocking Tiger out of the the world yeah. go- golf play. Was gonna, you know, knock Tiger out of the match play in a couple of weeks, and has had wrists and, and other injuries. Um, that's really sidetracked him since. So there's some there's a lot of of texture I think to this field. There's a there's a lot of guys could do with a win or looking at a win to kind of help reestablish themselves. Which which I think should make it interesting. But there's also a lot of young guys who are, are more than capable of. Uh, of playing pretty well so yeah promises to yeah. be fun
1: yeah it does look we've got, obviously got the two the two tournaments back to back and i think we've got a couple of days rest haven't we and then they're back into the, the savannah kenya savannah classic straight after and i know this is this is quite reminiscent of the bubble last year isn't it yeah. the sort of the strength of this field so again, yeah it's just a, it's just a great opportunity great opportunity for some of these guys to get one mm-hmm. uh you know win under their belt and just further cement their career get their playing card for next year etc um yeah so exciting exciting game.
0: yeah and golf next tuesday i think or wedding next wednesday yeah which is nice so that'll be yeah that'll be a change yeah um so yeah kenya kenya open this week savannah classic next week and we'll we'll do a little bit on the match play as well uh me austin before before we roll into the masters yeah cheers ben and of course yeah cheers yeah. buddy thanks for hey, listening bye bye